0: Uh, um, so how much is that?
1: We are live and this is the podcast editor's mastermind joining you today to talk about when should we change our dolls? When should we consider changing the software we use to edit our podcasts? Before we get into that, I'm Brian Entzminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. And to my side is...
2: Jennifer Longhorn, Daniel
1: Aventrop. Can... Whoa. Oh. oh, no. Are we all in different places? Yeah. I'm I'm in the top left on my side.
0: <laughs> I'm on the top left on my side. <laughs> what is all right, well,
1: happening? Welcome, everybody, to the insanity that we call the podcast <laughs> editor's <laughs> mastermind. We're going to take a second run at this introduction. If you're joining us live, This is an absolutely special experience. If you're listening to the replay, you're going to have no idea what we're talking about because Alejandro, whose name starts with an A, is going to take care of it. So we're going to go in alphabetical order. My name is Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. Laughing to whatever side she is, is Carrie Eric. You can find her at yayapodcasting.com. And next up is...
0: Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at Rothmedia.audio.
2: Wow. Are we like all laggy or something?
1: I think it's just you. (laughs)
0: Oh,
1: no. So, Patrick, uh, thank you for your sense of humor. Uh, If you joined us live, this is an extra special (laughs) experience. We don't normally have this much fun this early into the show. And I don't think we can blame it all on the host, but we're going to go for it for today. So today we're going to talk about when we should consider changing our editing software. And this is actually something that Alejandro, our podcast editor, recommended to us we don't know if he's thinking about getting something new but we wanted to talk about this so- <laughs> Gary's lost wow
2: I'm so sorry oh, wow. we do not even look up <laughs> alright All right. I'm gonna mute myself and turn my camera off <laughs> <laughs> okay Freeze <laughs> <for> the best <laughs> the so, best um, way
1: are you out of sync now <laughs> Welcome back, Gary. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm okay. Is right. everybody like together
1: now? So, uh, question for the fellow Yetis: Should we start this over and pretend like we didn't have all this happen, or should we just roll with it and let Alejandro try and stitch it together and earn his money?
2: <laughs> Let's let Alejandro
1: learn his earn his money. All right. Sorry,
2: fun. I think I'm still lagging. Well, I
1: mean, to be fair, this is kind of Alejandro's fault because he's the <laughs> one that recommended that we talk about this. So talking about when we should consider changing our podcast editing software or the digital audio workstation, I thought maybe as we got started, we might share what we currently use to kind of level set everybody. So if you're joining us on the chat or if you're listening later and you want to have that conversation, just add that comment in the chat during the live stream or click the link in the show notes and send your comments because we would love to hear from you. I'll go ahead and start off. For editing, I primarily use... Hindenburg. I've been using it for about five years now. And then I also occasionally use Reaper when I need a tool that's better at other stuff that Hindenburg isn't so great at. Who wants to go next? I use Audition. All right. And Jennifer?
2: I use Adobe Audition and RX, Isotope RX. I'm still back on seven.
1: I use Reaper. And we we did have a comment from Patrick who's joining us live that he uses Audition as well. So... I guess the first thing I'm just thinking about is like if we're going to talk about when we should change software my first question is like why would you even think about changing software um I have an opinion but I'm wondering like what is it that would make you go hey it might be time to take a look Carrie did you have something
2: I do because and this is kind of a very relevant topic for me because I'm in a situation where I really do need to use pro tools for a specific client in order to work with their sound designer who I've worked with before and, you know, just exported dialogue to him with Audition. But I know what that's like as a, on the other side as a sound designer, and it's not necessarily fun to use those stems. So I'm going to be using Pro Tools. Um, in the very near future.
1: So, are you thinking of switching or just adding it?
2: I'm adding it, but um, I'm open to switching. Okay, because it is kind of the industry standard.
1: That's a good one, right? A client requirement. Mm-hmm. I would say money.
0: So I know, like, Audition has a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to save money, then move into something that's a one-time charge or free would be an option but also if you're looking into like if your software doesn't do something or doesn't something or something else does something better i.e if you're getting into video editing then you might consider switching to audition because it integrates really well with adobe premiere which is like kind of industry standard for video editing
1: okay yeah i mean those were kind of the two big ones that came up for me as well right so if there's a cost implication, definitely thinking about that, especially so on a personal level right now, I've been going through some of my, pres- my prescriptions, wow, <laughs> going through some of my subscriptions and, and going like, do I need to continue this? Because right now as a business owner, I'm looking at my, what I would call fixed costs because some of my subscriptions don't vary specifically with the amount of work that I've got and my costs are too high. And so I'm going, okay, what can I trim back? What are some tools that I'm underutilizing? So I would definitely think about that. And then definitely the question of functionality or workflow, right? So is there something I need to do that this tool won't won't do? Or is there a way that I need to or want to work potentially in, in a larger ecosystem that I can't do with the tool that I currently have? Um, so a, a great example would be like, well, we'll, we'll save that. I, I've always got my eye on maybe two or three other tools that I might consider. In case something were to happen where Hindenburg no longer becomes a is no longer a viable solution for me, so that I don't have to spend a lot of time going, okay, what's even out there? Uh, that's not meaning that I'm necessarily looking to change, but just kind of always keeping an eye on that.
2: Okay, so I do want to point out to everybody that um, Steph Fugio did for her global podcast editor's newsletter, and I think it started with her writing about what it was like, like she kind of documented the experience pretty well of like changing DAWs. So she went back and forth, um, not back and forth, but she like kind of went through the major DAWs, um, I believe, which was really interesting to read about and made me not quite as fearful, I guess you could say of changing. Cause you know, we are, our time is so precious. Mm-hmm. That there's a cost associated with with changing your software because everything is just going to take you longer. So you can just imagine giving yourself a 50% pay cut
1: for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, or more.
2: Yeah. Or more. Yeah.
1: So, like I mentioned, I use Hindenburg primarily and sometimes Reaper. And I am painfully slow in Reaper. I'm so used to the Hindenburg waveform that I really can't read the 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 standard Reaper and everybody else besides Hindenburg version of the wave waveform, the keyboard I mean, where they shortcuts show you
2: the whole yeah. waveform.
1: <laughs> um, so, like in in Hindenburg, I know exactly how I want to do a ripple delete, that kind of thing. In Reaper, I know how to do it, but every time I do it, I select the region, then I have to go now. What's the keyboard command? And then, oops, I forgot to select the actual ones that I wanted to clip. All of that stuff. So, yeah, like there's a huge, huge hit there and it's not like i'm trying to become proficient in reaper so i get that but yeah it's it's pretty rough
2: you know what i wish that um all these daw makers would do it is just make customizable shortcuts because every daw had customizable shortcuts um you could transfer very easily i think in my opinion i mean i don't know all that much about other daws i've flirted with them
1: I would say you can as long as they handle the functions the same. Right. So Hindenburg handles ripple deletes differently than Reaper does. Reaper, you have a ripple only that's selected. You have a ripple all, and then you have a don't bother to ripple at all. Right. In Hindenburg, it's always just ripple whatever is selected. And so it makes it really easy for me to do that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. But as long as you have that one functionality that does it the way you want, it doesn't, it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. really matter.
1: It right? shouldn't but I'm a terrible person. I have issues.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to, to ripple delete in multiple kinds of ways, um, which is a feature that audition doesn't have. I don't believe unless somebody wants to correct me, which I have no doubt they will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the future, I will be corrected, but not having that information. Now I'm going with, I can only ripple delete in one. way.
1: Heidi says that she's, terrified of switching DAWs. Going from audacity to audition was a a small nightmare. I would like to think that going from audition to another non-destructive DAW might not be quite as big of a nightmare. That assumes that it handles routing the same and I don't use audition so I can't speak to that.
2: Well, maybe you should explain to some of the people what routing is in case they don't
1: know. Yeah, that's that's a fair thing. So routing is just how you get the sound and process it through the various chains or the various parts of the the tool. In some software, you can route a... Sp- <laughs> it's, think of it like plugging audio from one in thing into another thing. And you've got the effects that you might put on a channel. That's one method of routing, but you can also route things to other channels. And you can also group things together, depending on the software you're using, to process them similarly. And so this is something that's really common in the music world. Yeah, or well, you put it on a bus, right? Yeah, so you put it on a bus, you put it on a mix, something like that. But they don't all handle it the same. So I've played with Pro Tools a little bit. And the thing I've noticed about Pro Tools is that the routing is not as intuitive as what I've seen in Reaper or something like Studio One. Now, you might disagree with me. I don't know, but... Nothing about Pro Tools seems intuitive. I scratched my head for a (laughs) while and finally was like, you know what, there's a template. I can probably just delete the tracks I don't need. (laughs) (laughs) Start there.
2: Which is solid advice though, because one of the best ways I think to learn is to play with presets and templates, right? Mm -hmm. Because somebody who knew what they were doing set those up.
1: Yes and no. I mean, there's one DAW that I downloaded to try. uh, I actually bought it because I thought it was worth giving it a real try. They had a podcast preset and the compression on those channels was so heavy and they were both panned 25% left and right. So you've got a voice 50% in the right ear and 50% in the left ear. I'm like, yeah, sometimes I pan voices a little bit, but Mm. that's like, they don't even know what they're doing.
2: But now in the world of spatial sound, that makes more sense.
1: Yes, but this was built for a talking head interview, right? This is, this is not a spatial sound tool.
2: <laughs> well, no, and I know what you're saying, but I'm just thinking about my AirPods that make everything okay. in spatial sound now.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, my computer for my day job tries to do that too. And the first thing I do when I plug in a new pair of headphones is turn it off so I can actually hear what it's playing because it throws in reverb and all that other garbage oh. too.
2: Yeah. Um well, spatial sound on my PC um just makes the sound not work at all. So <laughs> Windows audio technology.
1: So Daniel, did you have any insight on the fear of
0: changing DAWs? So I've only ever used Audacity and Reaper and I know those two are like night and day, like worlds different. So I don't know how other DAWs compare like difference-wise cuz like, you know, going from kind of like move on from audacity is like a huge step Because audacity is like a beast into itself it's, like how similar is like reaper to audition or to audition to hindenburg
2: to me reaper seems more like audacity in, in oh. the way it looks and oh, the sure, way sure, it sure. feels yeah um i know it like is kind of very different in a lot of ways but i think if your motivation is to just switch, because the other motivation we didn't talk about is the switch from destructive to non-destructive. That's fair, yeah. Which is why I move from audacity to audition.
0: But I feel like um, that's less important now is that audis- audacity is oh, yeah. non-destructive.
2: Well, what an irrelevant point I'm making. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gone to non-destructive,
1: right? Uh, w- yeah, with the newest version. Yeah. I don't have much detail in that because I've not really played in that pool.
2: No, but I think that's probably going to be a game changer in a lot of ways um, for Audacity and just for its use. I mean, welcome everybody using Audacity to non-destructive editing. You're going to love it.
0: And also, like, how does Audacity handle plugins? I know with Reaper, like, it's super easy to add in BST plugins or pretty much anything. When I used Audacity years ago, it wasn't something else where it was possible or it was like really restricted. Do you guys know like how it handles it now?
2: I don't, but I remember using plugins with Audacity maybe five years ago. And it was... You just had to point it to where the plugins were stored, mm-hmm. like the folder the plugins were in, and that was about it. It's although I will say, like um, loading them, loading plugins in Audition is super easy because it just automatically finds them. I don't know mm-hmm. how. <laughs> um,
0: I don't ask questions. It's just magic, and I don't question it. Right.
1: It all works fine until you w- load your first plugin from Steinberg, and then it's like, well, we'd like to put these somewhere else now.
2: Oh, because they're in their Steinberg file. Yeah. And I don't know what's, who's Steinberg?
1: (laughs) Let's go ahead and throw that out there because every once in a while I see people that are having issues with plugins and there can certainly be a conflict with the host program that you're trying to use it with. Um, Typically, plugin manufacturers will confirm that it works on the top four or five music DAWs. And then everybody else is just kind of, it'll probably work, but we're not going to officially support it, right? But usually, what I've found is when people are having trouble with a plugin, it's actually an issue with the plugin. Like there are specs for plugins and none of the plugin manufacturers that I know of actually follow the spec. They all do something a little bit different. So they might follow most of it, but there are specs for how the GUI is supposed to, the the interface is supposed to work, like the graphic design. There are specs for how it's supposed to do different things, but then the manufacturers want to do something a little bit different. So they develop their own way of doing it and then it doesn't always work the same. That's been my experience. I've I've heard of people having problems with Waves plugins where Waves did something differently. I have uh, some from Plugin Alliance, like insert plugin manufacturer here. If they did something custom, there's always the chance it might not work right. And my experience working with the Hindenburg team has always been that I've gotten much better response trying to get them to address the problem than contacting the plugin manufacturer to wait for two weeks to have them say, well, we don't support Hindenburg anyway, right? And I think... You may not have that problem with Reaper, but some of the other medium popular DAWs, you may not get support from the plugin manufacturer. They might just be like, well, why don't you switch to Pro Tools? I'm like, because I don't like it. So one of the things that Patrick mentioned was that he found that now he's using, now that he's using RX, it adjusts how he uses Audition and it slowed him down. And I would say that could certainly be the case. I'm, I'm a little bit slower now than I was last year because some of the changes that I've made. However, I am actively looking for tools to help me speed back up. I've started spending more time focusing on the mixing portion of this, making sure that I've got that as as dialed in as I want it to be. And so I'm actively trying out some different tools to help me get that dialed in more quickly. Um, And I, I don't know that that would ever change the DAW. One thing I will say that I really liked about Pro Tools is that when I drop some plugins into Pro Tools, I can see on the mixer window what the compressors are doing Along with the meters. Whereas with something like Reaper, I don't get that visualization without opening the plugin itself. And I'll just leave that there.
0: Is that with third party plugins or?
1: Yeah, uh, it was an SSL pl- plugin.
0: Okay. So I know, like with a couple of, well, I mean, it's kind of off topic, but Reaper does have minimal function when it comes to some of their native plugins.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize that. It's not very useful. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. <coughs> <laughs> Miriam says that she's only tried Audacity, Hindenburg, and Audition, likes Audition the best. That's, that's great. I think Carrie would probably agree with you. And I know Jennifer would.
2: I didn't use... Yeah, Jennifer has been using it since Cool Edit Pro, guys. So she's like OG. But I did not always love Audition when I start. I mean, I just had it. I was paying for it. And so I, you know, I just decided I was going to, you know, Audacity just wasn't doing it for me anymore. And I just decided to switch and I didn't love it. However, I have learned to love it, which makes me a little sad about Pro Tools because I think when it comes to uh, actually cutting dialogue, Audition is just awesome. Like I can do all the things I need to do and I can do them quickly.
1: Oh, and that's interesting. One of the things I've been wondering is what would it take for you to change DAWs? So if some competitor to the tool that you currently use was to release a, release a feature, what would they have to release for you to be willing to go, okay, I'm I'm going to jump ship?
0: It would have to be a good
1: feature. Yeah.
0: And it had to be a feature that I can't even contemplate. It's like, There's nothing like in my workflow that I'm like, oh, I really dread this part. Like, the only thing really is like Reaper can take a little while to render audio, like the final audio. Other than that, like, I don't see anything. Cause, like, I know, I mean, there are a few features I'd really love to have, like, to be able to publish from Reaper the way Hindenburg can. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's not enough for me
1: to switch. So, I think if I found a DAW that could handle the editing in a way that's similar to Hindenburg and could deal with importing and exporting session files from all 10 of the most popular DAWs, I would oh. probably consider it.
2: I would do that. I was thinking about Descript today. And I guess I used Descript to edit too. I guess that's a pretty Shh, valid thing now. Count. Well, it's gotten... It counts. It, yeah, it's gotten much better. And you can go in there and manually adjust the cuts in Descript. And even that part has gotten easier. Although it still need some work. However, when you said like a DAW would have to be able to import and export the 10 most popular DAW session yeah. files. Like that, yeah, I'm down. And I yeah. wish, I was thinking, I wish Descript, it can export a session file, mm-hmm. I wish it could import a session file and then turn it back, like reverse engineer itself and turn it back so that it's not stems.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And
2: that my cuts are there and somebody else can export it now in a different session file. And and that's really my big way of avoiding changing DAWs to tell you the truth. <laughs> because if I could have this cross DAW relationship with, yeah. um, anybody. Life would be easier for everybody who's doing this work.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's totally my perspective because in my view, Hindenburg really excels as an editing program and it's okay as a mixing program. It can bring in session files from Audition, Pro Tools, and one other that I can't think of right now. And it can export the Pro Tools, AAF, but not the actual Pro Tools extension. And it can export an AES-31, but nobody actually uses that, that because that was designed by the Audio Engineering Society, not a proprietary company, so nobody actually uses the one that was put out. But I would keep Hindenburg as the centerpiece and switch immediately to mixing and mastering in Reaper or Studio One or something like that that's really built for that part of it in a heartbeat. Because... Hindenburg is so good at the editing part and it's okay at the mixing and mastering, but if I could, Hindenburg doesn't do submixes, right? So I can't route a submix for the dialogue or for the interview or whatever and keep the music separate from that. So when you talk about the master bus, everything gets compressed together, right? I don't have a way around that. That's
2: a total deal. And as a matter of fact, that is probably the main reason that I didn't switch to Hindenburg. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't do the mix. And I think, doesn't it have like a limited amount of like uh, strips?
1: Um, Yeah. Pro has six plugins per channel.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's not enough for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I find that I very seldom need more than that. However, I'm also not doing any special effects like reverbs and delays and like any of that.
2: Right. And that, especially with sound design, six is not enough. And I need a bus. Actually, I need several buses um, and all sorts of other accoutrements that Hindenburg does not have. Um, But, never mind, I had a, you said something that was a really good point about like why you would switch. And I, I can't remember. Oh. oh, 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 no, no. Here's what you said You said you would do the editing in Hindenburg because that's where it excels, but you'd do the mix somewhere else. And I think that that is a perfectly valid way to edit. Yeah. And it's also a good way to get into another DAW if you want to switch. It's just like, okay, I'm going to um, edit with this, which I think is probably harder to actually do the cutting, I think that's the part that trips me up because I can find where the plugins are. I can find, you know, the tools I want to use. And you can usually find the channel strip pretty easy. It's how do you do those shortcut actions like select all, but select all in this track or, you know, select all to the front. Those kinds of like fancy selections. And then the ripple deletes and the, the moving things and the silencing things. And I mean, there's all sorts of like, when I'm actually, and I parse editing out, like I edit first, then I mix. The edit part is the one that is slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to tell you the truth. And so it's perfectly valid to use two dogs, or like, you know, you really want, love one for editing or you, you know, and this one's better at mixing.
1: So you do that. The same thing happened in the music world back in the 70s and 80s, right? If you wanted to record something, you wanted to find a studio where you could track on a Neve console because you wanted their preamps. And then you wanted somebody to mix it on an SSL console because you wanted their compressor and their EQ section. Same principle, right tool for the right job. It's just our tools don't cost 300k a piece. Thank God. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's- yeah. So as an aside, I mean, I do like the concept of analog gear, but man, the idea of being able to drop 50 to hundred dollars and have something that sounds great that I can use on every channel. I don't have to buy a new one for every channel. Like that's pretty, that's a pretty impressive thing. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick wants to know if any of us have ever actually cut tape. I have not.
2: I remember my dad cutting tape. So I may have like physically oh. helped him when I was a little girl, but...
1: That's I need to rephrase my answer. I've never cut tape professionally, but I have recorded track to track and tried to splice things together, but it was the eighties and it was a very scary <laughs> time. So it was just me on a two track cassette tape going, I think I'd la- I think these songs should go together. <laughs> yeah, we're back.
2: My dad did that too. Um those <laughs> the cassette tapes. He I mean, he arranged music for a hobby. So, yeah. you know. Uh, but no, not actual tape, like not professionally.
1: Daniel, did you have anything that was going to make you move? Like any feature that you're just like, oh,
0: no, I think kind of think about it now and hearing what Stephanie did by learning a bunch of DAWs and kind of like comparing them. Because like the biggest thing stopping me from switching DAWs is the lack of proficiency. Is like I know how to use Reaper, I know how to do everything I want to do with Reaper, and I'm not willing to like move to another DAW and struggle and be slower and spend all that time until I learn it enough to get as fast as I am in Reaper, just find out I don't like it as much. But there could be some some validity to that. Because like if there is, like you're saying, like Hindenburg excels at editing, like maybe there is something like I'll actually be much more comfortable. Like you know, my biggest issue with Reaper is how it looks. Hmm. A piece of software designed by developers without like a UX designer in the bunch. Like, you can clearly tell, like, it's <laughs> th- these are engineers, <laughs> not graphical people. And so, and I like having a good looking interface. And so, like, maybe Hindenburg will kind of like check all the boxes I want and I'll be happier with it. But it's that struggle to learn how to use this. So, maybe there's some validity into learning a bunch of DAWs and kind of seeing where you like it better or what you like best.
1: Yeah. So if you were to switch DAWs with what's currently in the marketplace, what would be your choice one, two, or three?
0: Hindenburg would probably be number one. Like if I was starting fresh now, I'd probably go with Hindenburg because the biggest reason I went to Audet or Reaper was the price. Like It was Mm -hmm. a huge free trial, like unlimited, unrestricted free trial, which was amazing. And it was only $60 for a license. But like Hindenburg is pretty affordable. Um, So I'd probably do Hindenburg first and then Audition just because it's so popular. And if so many people like it, then there must be doing, there must be something good about it. Um, The hiccup there would be the monthly fee that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. I don't know what number three would be.
1: How about you, Carrie?
2: I would like to defeat Pro Tools.
0: Um,
2: (laughs) I would be my number one. And by the way, I feel like Pro Tools was designed by a UX designer out of their first year mm. of college. <laughs> so a little a step up from Reaper, but it could use some love. And second would be Hindenburg. I don't hate it. I just, yeah. you know, um, I love the clip. Oh, the, the clipboards? Um, yeah. The, mm. yeah, the clipboards that I think every doll should have that. And then third would be Reaper. Because I, like, appreciate all the stuff I see Daniel do with it. (laughs) It just seems a little, like, complicated and, like, more to learn than the average dog. Yeah. But then again, other dogs have actions and stuff. We just don't ever use them or talk about them.
0: Reaper can do anything you can imagine it could do. As long as you're willing to dig through the weeds figure out how to do it. Like, the learning curve on Reaper is a brick wall with no... Handles like
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's wow yeah that's not too far off do
2: you go through it like the kool-aid man what
1: (laughs) (laughs) no you just run and jump and hope for the best maybe you stick, maybe you don't no no you see you hop on my
0: back and climb the ladder i built with reaper for podcasting where you can learn how to use reaper today
2: and that's at reaper for podcasting.com it is
0: yeah and all the how
1: to okay. videos.
2: Reaper for podcasting.com. <laughs> nice.
1: So if Hindenburg wasn't available, I think my first choice would probably be Studio One. I think it probably offers the most similarity to how Hindenburg works in terms of how the editing functions work. My second choice would probably be Reaper because it's pretty powerful and the price is right. And my third choice would probably be Pro Tools just because they have a free version and you can kind of work with anybody that uses Pro Tools if you use Pro Tools. thats I mean, there's there may not be a great ecosystem, but there is certainly a community of... There's a large community of users. Let's just call it that because I don't know that I would even call them Avid even though that's what the company's called. So (laughs) I think those would be my top three. Uh, If you're joining us in the chat, of course, share what you've got
2: so Jennifer's number one would be Hindenburg, number two Reaper, and number three
1: is Pro Tools. And 3 d Guy 81 on YouTube says, has anybody used Ableton? I have not used it in at least 10 years and I've never used it for podcast editing. No, but I know people do. It's on the list of DAWs at the Podcast Editors Club's uh, most popular DAWs for Podcast Editing survey. I don't have a link for that, but it would be at facebook.com slash groups slash podcast editors. And then you just have to find it because I don't know where it is.
2: Jesse said he'd probably go to Universal Audios Luna, which I have never heard of. So, um... (laughs)
1: <laughs> like that. I'll have to
2: Google. Unless Brian wants to share what it is, but I know you're busy Googling. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's another DAW. It's put out specifically by Universal Audio. They're a hardware company and software company. They have a bunch of plugins that are really, really expensive that run actually on their hardware. And so it's, it's interesting because you can either run them on the hardware while you're recording or you can use them as an insert. But instead of running on your computer's processor, it runs on the hardware during your your editing and mix down. So it takes some of that load off of your CPU. Interesting. Oh, I could use that. And they they do have a DAW. I've it looks cool. I've never really dug into it because I don't have any of their hardware, so it's kinda of useless to me.
2: I'm gonna have to correct myself because I just thought of this and there are times when I do like edits on ferrite.
1: Um... Ooh, I haven't heard about that one in a while, yeah.
2: Yeah. On my I just do it like I do it on my phone. Interesting. Right? So they have an app. It is just a one-time fee. I think it's like $20. Um, Totally worth it. Especially if it's like you have to pull a clip or edit something like small, and which is usually what I do a lot of on my phone. It's just little small edits that I don't want to have to open up my computer for. So that's always nice. Oh, Heidi would use Hindenburg and Reaper. She says the price of Reaper is the best. Yeah. Wait, did somebody say they were nervous about switching DAWs or my? I-,
1: I will say that I'm not a fan of the subscription model. Yeah. Um, I've avoided that for plugins and also for DAWs because even though Waves has their update program where you have to pay to upgrade every year, if you don't upgrade, you don't lose access to the tool. And I'm allergic to losing access to a tool that I build my business on that's not doing anything other than running on my computer.
2: So... I'd have to push back a little sure, um, because I don't just use Audition, right? So that subscription gets me a suite of programs, many of which I use quite frequently during the month. So for me, that $30 counts.
1: This must be what happens when you say good things about Audition. <laughs>
2: well, it's audition, it's the PDF, it's the scanning, it's Adobe Express now, and then Photoshop and light, like all so all the things, yeah. right? And if I need to edit a video, I've got um Premiere and I've got the light version of Premiere, which is Premiere Rush. So to me that $30 is totally worth it.
1: I mean, I'm not gonna disagree with you. I've just avoided it.
2: And I understand because we're subscribed to death and it's one more thing. Yeah.
1: I mean, my number one business expense currently is subscriptions, like software and stuff.
2: Right. Actually, my biggest expense is Alejandro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's worth it. You know what? This year, my contractors may be up there about with the the same level as software. Now, I will say that I also include in that paid upgrade. So maybe that's not quite fair because I do plan on also upgrading stuff even if I don't subscribe, the, the one sort of psychological problem that I have is I would expect that plugin designers who are getting a recurring monthly bill would be more inclined to bring more enhancements more quickly because people are paying every month. However, it seems like a lot of times it's actually the ones that have to generate value by releasing something new or releasing a paid improvement that actually seem to be driving the train forward, um, on that. And, uh, like one of the big things I would point to is how slow some of the subscription companies were to roll out support to Apple's new M1 chip a couple of years ago. Whereas the ones where you had to pay to upgrade were like, oh, well we can support that now we've had the documentation for six months. We're good to go. The, then the ones where you've got all the subscriptions where everybody's literally on the same version. There's not three versions running around that they have to try and make sure they work. Like, yeah, we'll get to it, maybe. We're a big company, so it's going to take a minute. Like, I don't know, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. ships do turn slowly. They do, but also I've never heard of somebody, well, I've seldom heard of Audition rolling out an update and somebody not saying, well, this is all broken now. Like,
2: Yeah, that happens very rarely.
1: Whereas like Hindenburg routinely rolls out little patches here and there and occasionally there's an issue, but usually you don't even notice other than that. You had to download it.
2: I guess Adobe products are for thrill seekers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. I'm just afraid of action. (laughs) So I feel like we've probably beaten audition to death until Carrie had to defend it. So apologies to our audition friends. We still love you. Yes. Okay.
2: It's like, it's like, um, I don't know, being married to somebody for like years and years and years and you start to see their flaws is cute. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's endearing. <laughs> the, bugs it? yeah, are, it.
0: the bugs are charming.
1: So I think we've covered a lot of the things we need to consider when changing dolls. We, we talked about the cha- the cost of changing some of the options, what might make us consider it, like why we like the ones that we have. Is there anything we didn't talk about?
2: I think they said that it's a personal choice. I mean, everybody's ragging on audition. I'm not going to stop using audition because, like, y'all are mean to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like don't so. if you're if you use Ableton or if you use if you you know you know Steve Stewart releases a list of DAWs and the one you use makes up 0.01 percent of podcast editors. Like don't feel that you need to change to fit in or that you're missing out on something. Like if the software you're using gets the job done and you are comfortable and enjoy using it, there's absolutely nothing wrong.
1: Yeah, and I would say as a, a slight counterpoint to that, however, if you are looking for collaboration opportunities where you want to be involved with somebody's team, you might want to consider some that are in the top five, which unfortunately is probably not Hindenburg even though it's the superior DAW. Um. Hey, I'm the host. I can say what I want today. That's how. That's how we roll. No, (laughs) them's the rules. Something to consider, right? If you are looking for opportunities to work with somebody where you might you might be part of their team, or maybe you handle a portion of the process and they handle a portion, just like Carrie talked about with this other person that she's been working with, that is encouraging her to move toward Pro Tools for at least this project. It's worth considering. What are the the top most popular DAWs?
0: That is true because if you're looking to work with bigger companies, then Audition, Pro Tools, it might be worth being proficient in them for, just so you can capitalize on those opportunities.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you use Cubase and it works for you, I'm not going to tell you no, right? Go for it. 3 d Guy 81 said he asked about, I guess it's, I assumed it's a guy because it says guy in it. Uh, asked about him <laughs> because uh, he came from a music background and it's the doll he's most comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, if you can edit podcasts with it, Go for it. I haven't used Ableton ever. I don't think.
2: No, I've only ever known like DJs to use it. Um, but that's cool. They cut music and
1: stuff. So, yeah. And I think it's also used some in live sound for backing tracks. But yeah, again, yeah. haven't done that. Yeah. So, are we ready to move on to the Pod question of the day? I think so. All right. I was going to have Jennifer pick a number, but since she bailed on us because of the internet and stuff, uh, Carrie, you want to pick a number between one and five? We actually do have cards. We're not just making this up here.
2: <laughs> My first instinct is to say three. All
1: right. All right, then. <laughs> this is also for those of you that are joining us in the chat, or if you're listening later, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. If you could be guaranteed one thing in life besides money, what would it be? Power? Power. <laughs> Carrie's no, <laughs> K- filter's broken.
2: <laughs> um, no. Um, like,
1: to, uh, could just be like chocolate or coffee.
2: So, power chocolate or coffee.
1: <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel like those are interrelated. Maybe you could have a cafe mocha and have all three in one. There you go.
2: <laughs> I actually like that's my favorite drink. Is a cafe mocha.
1: <laughs> For me, i.
0: I don't know if this is cheating because it's kind of more than one more than a couple of like my basic needs met, and I have to worry about it, like shelter, food, that kind of thing. I was actually talking to somebody the other day like I don't like wealth doesn't motivate me; it's like having the freedom to kind of spend my days how I want to mm-hmm. and so like if I didn't have to worry about like making money so I could afford rent and all these things and just kind of like enjoy my life like. That'd be ideal for me.
2: I changed my answer.
1: Okay. (laughs) To
2: be yours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So mine seems less dependent or less of a guarantee for me, but being able to look back and say that I've lived a life that was worth living, right? That I accomplished what was to be accomplished, that I did what was supposed to be done, and I did it in a way that I'm proud of and that is leaving a positive mark in the world. Well, all right then, Mr. Yeah. Philosopher. <laughs> well, they asked. It's <laughs> no, not my fault. I love I, it.
2: No, because I think about that all the all the time and kind of the legacy that that I'm leaving for like not just my son, but like other people. Like I like to think that I had some sort of impact
1: um, yeah. out in the world. When I think about my funeral, I used to think about, like, try and do that exercise about, like, what do you want people to say when they're at your funeral? Like, to give you that perspective. And I think I'm less concerned that anybody goes, he was a great guy. And, like, did all, I'm more concerned with what do they say about the other people that are there? Like, forget whether or not they knew it was my impact. Are they better people because I was there? Because that's what I'm looking for.
2: Um, But I also want people to say she had a gift
1: for every occasion. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a gif. <laughs> and with that, I guess it's time to wrap up. Uh, for yeah. those of you that joined us, thank you. We appreciate you hearing from you. If somebody was wanting to consider being a guest on the show or maybe had a question for us, Daniel, what would they do?
0: Just simply go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest, fill out the form and we'll get an notification and be in touch. And this is great if you are an expert and you want to share your knowledge or. If you have a question and you're looking to get help from fellow podcast editors, uh, we would love to hear from you.
1: And with that, I guess let's say our goodbyes. I'm Brian Entzminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com.
2: I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com
0: or at Carrie Eric on Instagram. I'm Daniel Abendroth, and you can find me at rothmedia.audio.
1: And able to join us intermittently this evening was Jennifer Longworth of Bourbon Barrel Podcasting. We hope to have some things ironed out because we'd really like her to make it the whole episode. It's (laughs) great to have her back. Um, Thanks for for
2: hanging out in the chat, Jennifer.
1: And for those of you that joined us live or listen later, thanks so much. We appreciate you being here.
2: Bye. Uh,
0: So Um, how much is that? (laughs) Um, um, uh, um, uh, Um...
1: um, 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 so, um, um, uh So, no. no.